Tonight's scripture memory verse, James 1.22, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. James 1.22. Anybody else? Twelve words. Twelve words. All it is, guys. Gals. James one twenty two. But be doers of the word and not just hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Yourself. James one twenty two. That was plural. Is it? Selves. Good job. Anybody else? <coughs> Good job. Anybody else? James one twenty two, but be doers of the word, not not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Where's it at? James one twenty two. Good job. Anybody else? James 1.22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. James 1.22. Good job. Anybody else? <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure out where to really start at. Um, I don't want to teach the entire chapter. I mean, but in a, probably start in verse 12, but in a nutshell, uh, the Reader's Digest convinced, condensed version, we might say, he starts off James, who's writing to the uh, Jews in the dispersion. He says, if you lack wisdom, ask of God, who gives to all liberally. Well, listen, who is the wisdom of God? Wisdom is Jesus. And then he tells us over in verse uh, 17, every good and every perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the Father of light where there's no variation or shadow of shifting. Well, who is that gift? That's Jesus. And then he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. And so who is the word? Again, it's Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And he couched in the middle of this is, is, is talking about trials. It's talking about life. Uh, uh, considered all joy when you face various trials, uh, he says. And he, and he says, if you go into a trial, and you will be, there's three kinds of Christians. Those who are in a trial, those who are uh, going through a trial, and those coming out of a trial. That's the three Christians. Because it's about proving us. And, and that's what the Bible is about. It's the salvation of God. It's the story of God. The history of God. It's the work of God and the creation of God. But if we're going to come to Jesus, he's proving us. He's trying us. He's burning out the dross. And we're going to go through some things. And when it's all over and said and done, we're supposed to come out on the other side looking like Jesus. That that wisdom of God, what that gift of God, the word of God. 
Well, how does that work? I'm trying to give you the quick Reader's Digest version. How does that work? Well, we surrender to God, to the work of the Holy Spirit of God. When you believe in God, well, how do, what do you do next then? Well, verse 12. Verse 12. I know I want to go up. Am I saying 12? No, verse, uh, I'm sorry, 21. I was dyslexic there for a minute. I, I want to go up to 19, and then I go up. I go to 19, I need to go up to, so I have to stop. So the next thing that we need to do is as an act of our will, a choice of our hearts, is that we should lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. That's a choice that we make. We decide that we're not going to do this. Now, you can't deal with sin on your own, but you can surrender it at the cross. If you will draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. What I have to do first, I have to submit to God and resist the devil, and he will flee. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So you have to surrender. So you have to make this choice to lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And then what, Greg? Receive with meekness, humility. What, Greg? The implanted word, which is able to save your soul. It has the power to save your soul. And really, uh, laying aside is not enough unless you're going to receive the instruction of the Word. See, some people will stop doing certain sins. They'll lay them aside. They'll lay them down. They go, I'm done with that. But then they replace it with something else. They don't receive the truth of the Word. But the Word of God... Um, you know, all scripture is inspired by God and it's profitable for doctrine. Doctrine teaches you how to live. For reproof, reproof is when you're not living right. For correction. So it doesn't just stop with, here's how to do it and this is when you're not doing it right, but it corrects you. And that word in the correction means to stand back up again that which is knocked down. So the word is not just God-breathed and inspired by God and it's good for doctrine and, and, and for reproof, but it, 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 it corrects you. Am I doing that right? All scripture, or excuse me, uh, uh, the word of God is living and powerful. Nope, wrong scripture. My brain went. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, stand back up again when you're knocked down, you're not doing it right. For instruction, teaching you how, that's the same word as doctrine, teaching you how, what? Righteousness, instruction in right living before God. Why? That the man of God and the woman of God might be thoroughly equipped, ready for every good work. See, anytime you're in church, anytime you're in the Word of God, anytime you're in a Bible study, you're being equipped to do the work of the ministry. So we need to be equipped to do the work of God, which is the salvation of souls. And so how do you do that? You have to lay aside self, your old nature. He's going to talk about that in a minute. You have to lay aside what you want to do, which is against God. You have to lay aside um, the filthiness or dirtiness. It's, it's speaking of morality, morally wicked and vile. The wickedness, King James is naughtiness. It means badness or depravity. Again, it's wickedness. An overflow. So see, it's something that just overflows from our sin nature. And then do what? Receive what God has given. 
Receive the wisdom of God. Receive the gift of God that comes down. And there's no shadow or shifting in him. Receive with meekness, humility. I need to be corrected. I need the word of God. I need to know how to live. I've been doing it wrong. That's <coughs> meekness. Knowing that you're being corrected. Not being like a fool that says no to God. But coming to him and saying yes to God. I need wisdom, God. We're going through trials. What are we receiving with meekness? Did you see it? The engrafted word. The implanted word. King James says engrafted. Where is it implanted at? It's implanted in your heart. Because it's the heart that matters most. It's the heart that God's after. Our mind, will, and emotion. It's implanted. But how's it planted, Greg? We're going to see it in the next verse. Hearing. By hearing. What does he say in the next verse? But be doers of the word and not hearers only. See, it gets planted by hearing. But listen, it's more than just hearing. Because you can hear the word all day long and do nothing. It's hearing with the intent to obey. See, when you have the intent to obey and it's watered by the Spirit, now it can grow. Now it can grow and change who you are and it's able to save your soul. See, the Word of God has been sent. The Word of God is possible. The Word are, are, are powerful. The Word of God can do exactly what it was sent to do. And the problem is always our will. The problem is always our free will, whether we choose to be a doer, and that means to receive the correction, to receive the instruction, to go and ask God, say, I want to do the work. I want to be equipped. All of these things happen as we receive it with the intent of going and surrendering to God. Then it can be implanted and grow fruits of righteousness in our life. But if you just hear it because you've got some other reason, you know, I'm laying aside my, uh, uh, my sin because I want to please the judge. I want to please my wife. I'm laying it aside and stopping it because I want to do these things. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start listening to the word of God so I can be smart, so I can control people, so I can have some word. And, I, and people will think that I'm really different. See, there's lots of reasons why people will receive the word, but is it so that it can grow? Because it's able, it, which is able. Notice I told you guys I'm going to do a sermon one of these days on able. And it always sounds like you're talking about Cain and Abel. Uh -huh. But it's talking about the ability of God. See, nothing is impossible with God. And all the possibility of everything that God wants to do in your life lays on you. Yeah. What are you going to choose? See, he's already given the perfect gift. He's already paid for all the sin of the world. But it takes a decision from you. And see, we've been lied to, we've been duped into believing that all I had to do is say one decision. Yeah, I believe in you, Jesus. The demons believe, the demons know, and they tremble. So after believing, the Spirit of God comes in, it seals you, and now it wants us to wash you and cleanse you and, and, and train you and teach you and correct you and instruct you and equip you to go out and do the work of the ministry that you are called to do, which is the salvation of souls. We become the living witnesses. We become the living testimony. We become trophies of grace. We're supposed to be the proof that there is a family of God, that there is a living God, that there is a Father in heaven that has called us out of darkness. So we're no longer living like the old nature. But many will live differently. So he says that it's able to save your souls. 
that word able is dunamai. Is that right? Dunamai. Well, what's that mean? It's where do we get dynamite from? Dunamai. It's possible. It has the might. It has the power. And it's there. But are you going to receive it? Are you going to let it be planted? Are you going to let the Holy Spirit water it? It's able to do it. If, if, it, if, if our soul isn't being saved, if we aren't growing from grace to grace and glory to glory, it's because of our choices, not because of the power of God. His arm has been sent out. His righteous right arm is there. It's strong. It's mighty to save. Well, what's the problem? Well, verse 22, our memory verse. Here's the problem. This is what we need to know. This is what we need to see. This is what we're talking about. This is where the rub meets the road. Lay aside this. Receive the implanted word into your heart. In other words, you know that it's going to grow fruit of righteousness. It's going to grow fruit that looks like love, which is joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Well, why do I want fruit that looks like love? Because God is love. And if we're children of God, we want to be like God. And it's not yet been revealed, but when he appears, we will be like him. He's going to do the work. He promises he will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. But are you going to be involved with him, receive your, your, your privilege, receive your gifting, and go out and enter in and become that which you were called to be, to do that which you were called to do? Not for salvation, but because of salvation. Because you've married back into the family of God and become a child of God, now he wants you to surrender and allow his spirit to work through you for his glory for such a time as this. And so he says, but there's a contrast. Lay aside. <laughs> Don't just stop. You have to not just turn from your filthiness, from your wickedness, from your overflow of wickedness, and not just receive with meekness the word and go, wow, that's good scripture, but you have to be doers of the word. What's the word instructing me? What's it correcting me? What's it saying to me? What's it telling me to do? It's a light to my feet and a lamp to my path. It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It tells you where you're standing at, but then it shines out in front so you can follow it. You can follow the word of God. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to the word of God. With my whole heart I have sought you. Uh-oh. Psalms 119. Everybody go there. How do I do that every time when I start to quote Psalms 119? Yeah, I know that I, I get them kind of mixed up in my brain. We're going to have to do that one again soon. I'm not going to do it tonight, but I, we're going to have to do it soon so that I can get this straightened up in my memory. Because sometimes uh, when it just pops in, I forget. It's 119, 105. No, it's 119. 105 was lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 9, 10, and 11. How can a young man cleanse his way? Isn't that cool? You're a young man. You want to cleanse your way? You have to take heed according to the word, your word. And then he says, with my whole heart I have sought you. That's your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you're asking him to keep you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. And then, well, how does that happen? 
your word I have hidden in my heart. It's engrafted. It's implanted. I'm hiding it in my heart so that it will grow that I might not sin against you. See, if you're busy about receiving the engrafted word, the implanted word, if you're busy about letting the Holy Spirit grow that up in the fruits of righteousness, you're going to be laying aside the filthiness and the overflow of wickedness. It it all works together. So you submit to God first, uh, and then it says, Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. And and listen, you only need the Holy Spirit. He will teach you. We we are to encourage one another with the word. We're We're to speak to one another. We're to fellowship together. And there are those with the gift of teaching and evangelism, his gift of encouragement. But the Spirit of God is what you need. Or the Word just is there as a, as a book. But when you take and you put the Spirit of God with it, it becomes a living Word. It becomes living where it can grow in your heart. Now we'll, get, we'll get back to uh, 119, 9, 10, and 11. We're going to have to get back and write that. I just love teaching there anyway. It's so uh, uh, full of great nuggets so, but be doers of the word. Doers, or, oh, wait a minute. Now you're talking about works? No, no, no. You're saved by grace through faith that not of yourself, that is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But when you hear the word, you want to hear it with the intent to obey it. That is the doing. That is the performing of what the word of God says. And that's what the doer says. It means to perform. It's not, we're not performing. Who are you performing for? Think about it in your life. Who are you performing for? Your spouse? You're performing for your boss? Jesus Christ. Are you performing for a play? Are you performing for the government? Who are you performing for? Think about that long and hard because we're performing for somebody. We want a name for ourselves. Are you performing for God? Doing for God the work of the ministry? That's who we should be performing for is God. We should do everything to the glory of God. That's what that word means. And he says, but be doers of the word. Doers of the logos. Which means something said, including the thought. Be doers of what the word, the wisdom is giving you. Be doers of what the spirit is leading you to do. Be doers and not hearers only. So it's possible to hear only? Listen, that's what happens all the time. Oh, I heard that. That was a good message, Pastor. That was a good message. Thanks for giving me that word of encouragement there, uh, so-and-so. Thank you. I really uh, That verse really spoke to me. And then we go away, and all we did was hurt it with our physical heart. It didn't change anything that we did. It didn't cause us to lay aside anything. See, we have to lay, the word corrects us. The word is the instruction. The word is what we're following. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. And when we hear it, we want to hear it with the intent of being corrected in the flesh. Being corrected in our walk, in the spirit as we walk. But it's our flesh that we live in. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So, when you hear it, what does it make you do? Do you want to go out and obey it? Or are you just a hearer only? See, because a hearer only deceives himself, herself. <clears throat> I heard it. That's a good word. I love Jesus. 
and then never do anything. Never do anything in your life. Never throw that out. Never get rid of that. Never stop that. Never ask somebody to pray for me. I'm struggling with that. Never do any of those things to deal with what you've heard. See, it's, it, it's there. It's able. It's able to do what it was sent to do. God sent his word to heal the land. It's able to be doctrine. It's able to reprove you. It's able to correct you and stand you back up again. I love that word. They used it in the Greek culture for when one of the, the busk would be knocked over and they would say, correct that. They'd stand it back up in the place that it was supposed to be on display. And see, that's what you and I are called to do is to stand. We're not called to fight. We're not called to do anything but stand in the victory of Christ on the cross and be fruit bearers that would show people a witness of what's in our basket like we've talked about Sundays. We'd show people the fruit of Christ. And what was Christ? Christ was a doer. He came to serve, not to be served. Christ came to save. Christ didn't come down just to hang out and have fun. I'm sure he was great to be around. But he came down for a specific purpose. He had a reason. He was the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And the same thing is true for the rest of the body of Christ. He's got a specific purpose of why he saved us. Specific gifting, specific calling, specific understanding, specific everything. Now, he's not a legalist, but why were you saved? He came down to give his life for us. Amen. And so when you hear that, do you just hear it? Because if you just hear it, you're deceiving your own soul. If, you, if it doesn't do anything for you, if it doesn't make you live differently, if it doesn't make you change the way you walk, if it doesn't make you want to go out and allow the Spirit of God to control your life completely, then are you deceiving yourself? The worst deception, maybe the only deception, self-deception. I'm okay. I'm okay. I've been casting out demons. I'm okay. I've been doing mighty works in your name, Jesus. Matthew 7. Be away from me. I never knew you. You who practice lawlessness and wickedness. See, that's what you're supposed to be laying aside. The lawlessness and the wickedness. That's supposed to be laying aside. That's called purifying. That's what he's doing. Positionally, it's done. Practically, we have a practical daily walk where we get into the Word of God, we walk with Him as Adam did and Eve did daily, and we're listening for His voice, and we're wanting to hear it so that we can obey it. And where do we receive it? In our heart. And it begins to grow in us and change our desires, change who we are. But if we hear it and we don't let it be watered with the Holy Spirit because we're still living in the flesh, we're still performing for our sin, performing for self performing for Satan instead of allowing God to give us uh, uh, new hearts. We're deceiving ourselves. Again, I say this all the time. People think they're fighting with the devil. Jesus came to defeat the works of the devil, to destroy him. He's been cast down. He has no authority in your life if you're a child of God. He's not your daddy. Your father in heaven has all power, all authority. Mm -hmm. And he sent his word to instruct us. Think about it. 
Young man, stop running. And you just keep running. You heard it. Did you hear what I said? Yes. And you keep running. How's it going to end? It's going to end bad. It's going to end with a spanking. It's going to end with chastisement. Because <laughs> he chastises those he loves. He's not chastising us. When he spanks our butt, just like with your children, you don't spank your butt and then turn around trying to find a place to give them away. He spanks our butt to turn us around, to save us, to correct us, to train us. We should always think of that when we're parenting kids. We're not parenting kids to, to destroy them. They're not the enemy. They're in their family. We're, we would spank them to train them in righteousness. To correct them in the way that they should go. And that's what God does with us. No chastisement seems to be joyful for the moment. Nevertheless, it produces the peaceable fruits of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Hebrews 12. I'll find it. Hebrews 12. Um, should know that one too, huh? <coughs> Twelve. Where is it? Twelve. Uh, ten. Oh, 12, 11. Hebrews twelve eleven. Now, no chasing it. Chest Chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward it produces the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Hebrews 12, 11. So, are you hearing with the intent to obey? That it's, the word is engrafted, it's implanted in your heart so that it can grow because it's able to save your soul? Or are you deceiving yourself? When you hear the word of God and you go away, well, let's just read. For if anyone is a hearer, this is uh, 123. For if anyone is a hearer, now who's anyone? Does that include all? If, if anyone is a hearer, I heard the word, and not a doer, not a performer, you don't, you don't obey it. He is like a man observing, beholding King James. It means to, to discover or perceive or to observe fully. Observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. So you look in the mirror, you go, Oh, look, I've got some dirt on my face. And you go away. And you forget it's there. And somebody says, hey, you got dirt on your face. You say, no, I don't. I ain't no dirt on my face. You just forget. And then you get mad at them because they keep saying you got dirt on your face. And then all they're trying to do is encourage you and help cleanse you. And it's the body of Christ. It's the rest of the body just going, hey, you need to do this. Hey, you need to do that. And you're deceiving yourself. Which means to delude uh, or, or to misreckon self. And your natural face, you're looking at your natural face, that's your nativity. That's the face you were born with, your sin nature. 
and you see your sin nature on the throne of your life and you're looking in the mirror well and you know it and the word of god is trying to correct you the word of god is trying to help you but you're not receiving it with the intent to obey it that's the way we do it we all do this we all do this and it's interesting because in those days they didn't have mirrors like today listen you can get some in mirrors today with lights on them and magnified and you can see everything but that's what the word of god does it magnifies your soul oh man you can hear the word of god and it'll go bam he's talking about me god's talking about me and it'll boom it'll be big and but we're supposed to turn around and magnify god and make him look big lift him up and when we receive that word and we go out and we live that life it magnifies god but in these days the mirrors were tin polished metal and you'd have to i mean you could barely see you couldn't even see clearly what the mirror was but today we can see clearly and with the spiritual realm god makes sure that everyone can see clearly so the natural man is your your sin nature your countenance and you go away you see it and immediately you forget what kind of man he was was in the mirror Okay, now let's look in the mirror here. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. Here's a mirror, the word of God. The perfect law of liberty is the word of God. And continues in it. And is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Now notice this real simply. Notice it presupposes that the word, when it speaks to you, wants you to work. Not work for salvation, but do the work that the word is instructing. And there's a lot of dying to self in that work. But there's also going. The word of God, Jesus said himself, all authority has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey all that I commanded you. And, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. The Word of God is always the instruction of God. It's the doctrine of God. It's the correction of God for the man and the woman of God to equip us to do the work of God. Notice it just presupposes that when you're hearing it, it is equipping you and preparing you to do work, spiritual work in your life and other people's life because we're servants. Priests are servants of the Most High God. How does the Most High God use his servants? He wants you to go out and serve others. He wants you to go out and give yourself away. How did Jesus do it? He came and he was the example. He came from the throne room and he came down and gave himself away. He became the lowest servant in the house and washed people's feet. What's that? Their walk. He did it physically. He did it, he did it right in their face as a picture of what he was doing. But he was doing an analogy that we would understand in the spiritual realm that we're supposed to help other people wash their walk so that they're not in the natural man, they're in the spiritual man. They're being washed. Positionally, totally finished. Now you have a daily walk with God. It needs to be washed. Well, how do you wash it? In the Word of God. 
with the Spirit of God. It's the bar of soap and the bucket of water that is washing and cleansing and purifying us and preparing us for the wedding supper of the Lamb. But when we look into this word, we look into that mirror, we look into the mirror of our soul, and, and we continue in it, and we're not a forgetful hearer, but a doer. See the two, two, see the two classes? One hears it, looks in the mirror, goes away, forgets. The other hears it, continues, abides, remains in it, and, and keeps being washed. And begins to do the work of what it says. The submitting. The dying. The taking up the cross. <clears throat> the being a witness. The standing. All of that is the work of the ministry of reconciliation of souls. This one will be blessed in what he does. Which one are we? Are we hearing the word? Becoming a doer of the word? Are we hearing the word and saying, nice sermon, nice Bible study, that's a good word, Lord, and then we go away and we do nothing? Immediately forget because we're too caught up in the world, too caught up in sin and self and Satan? Are you one of those that looks into the perfect law of liberty? We're not under law, Greg. Really? Right, there's a law. The perfect law of liberty. Freedom. <coughs> there's your freedom. There's your free will. It's a perfect law of liberty. You've been set free. The word of God is perfect. And you have liberty to follow it or forget it. You have liberty to obey it and be, and ask the Holy Spirit to help you perform it? Or you can forget all about it and say, I'm okay because I said a prayer once. <coughs> Jesus even said after he washed her feet, he said in John 13, 17, uh, if you know these things, Blessed is he who does these things. That's, I mean, that's, it, it's one thing to hear it, but when we, do, it moves us to do nothing. It helps us to do nothing. We have to wake up and say we have, I mean, because faith without works is dead faith, he's going to go on to say. It, it's not true saving faith. If that faith doesn't pre produce the works of God, it's not real faith. Well, what are you talking about faith for? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The faith is going to grow. So the works should grow. And when you are faithful with the small things that he gives you, he'll give you more work to go out and do. But if you're not faithful with the first things that he gives you, he's not going to give you more work. He's not going to give you more to do because you're not faithful. That's all that's required of us is that we be found faithful. Faithful to what, Greg? Faithful to lay aside all wickedness and over or all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. And then be doers and not hearers only of the word, deceiving yourself. We're just to be faithful to come and listen to the word of God, to read the word of God, to share the word of God, to, to believe in the word of God, and to allow it to grow 
faith in us, and faith does grow as you do that, and so does the work. Believe me, how you're faithful with the little things, God will give you greater things. So have you been faithful with getting into the Word of God? Have you been faithful with becoming doer of the Word of God? Have you been faithful with the little things? It leads to other things. Are we deceiving ourselves? Don't blame it on Satan. Don't blame it on your parents. Don't blame it on other people. See, because that's what the world wants you to do. You're victims. Let's find somebody to blame this on. No, you're deceiving yourself if you're not doing the works of the Word of God. I'm not going to tell you what that work is for your life. Uh, you have to get into the Word of God and let God speak to you when you look into the perfect law of liberty. Don't forget what He says. I, I tell people all the time, that's why I carry ink pen in my pocket. <laughs> so I can write down when God speaks. He tells me to do something. I used to have to carry two of them because my wife needed one. Oh, yeah. You know, he gave me her, too, so uh -huh. I have to carry a pen for her. She's really good at carrying one now, though. Not. 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 Show me your pen. You got one, don't you? She usually, yeah, I know she usually takes it from me. She took yours? No. She usually takes one from me and says, where's your pen at, Greg? I'm like, you have it. She used to do that all the time. It's hilarious. I have one for well, over over two years or something. I had the same ink pen. I would change the, the, the element or the filament in it, and I go, this is crazy. And your sister threw it out the window one night. I was, like, so mad at her. <clears throat> and then God said, that's an idol in your life. I, said, I got out in the cornfield and looked for it for a long time. I was <laughs> really mad about that. That's, so, what are you guys doing with the Word of God that you're receiving? Not just in a study. You have to have your private walk. The Word that you hear, is it growing in your life? It's a personal, daily walk. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Next week. Ooh. Next week. We just read this. Isaiah 53, 6. We just read this a few days ago. Isaiah 53, 6. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. And the Lord has laid upon himself the iniquity of us all. Oh, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon himself. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I used to know it. Isaiah 53. I'm not going to tell you that 5 and 3 add up to 8, the number of new beginnings. Um, and this is the chapter 53 is all about Jesus our new beginning 
I'm not going to tell you that because that would be just weird to add 5 and 3 together to get 8. But it does. 53.6. Read to all of 53. I don't know uh, that I can actually talk about 6 without talking about the whole chapter. It's a good chapter. Uh, the best. Um, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. So we have to turn back. And the Lord has laid on him, who, him who? The iniquity of us all. Who is he talking about, the Ethiopian eunuch would say? Who does this man talk about? Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your mercy and your grace, Lord. May we receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save our souls. And, and Lord, may we become doers and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. Lord, we know that your word is uh, uh, living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide the bone and the marrow and the soul and the spirit, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. We know, Lord, that it corrects us and rebukes us and builds us up. We ask, Lord, that it would be powerful in our lives. It would, it would produce fruit in our lives, some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. That it would be planted in fertile ground. Lord, we know it's all about the word that you sent to heal the land, to heal us, to save our souls. Thank you. Thank you for your powerful word. Help us to receive it and become doers of the work that it calls for, Lord. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The Lord amen. bless you.